we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. So we're going to start the story off talking about someone that God trusted. And this guy right here was no joke. Probably the toughest, toughest dude in the Bible. Just, just the toughest. Wasn't the strongest like Samson, but he's the toughest dude. I mean, he was something. And this is Stephen. Stephen was young. Stephen stood up against the council and talked about them so bad. And all he did was preach the gospel. And these men got so upset. And this story just keeps resounding in my heart at people that are just so upset because of the preaching of the gospel. Just the gospel message makes folks very upset. And it's people that are in a moral dilemma that don't want to hear what the word of God says. It challenges them in a way and they don't want to change or they're upset with their life because they didn't apply the word like they should have gotten older and now they regret things and they don't want you reminding them of the things that they regret. They don't want you embarrassing them with the truth that they should have abided by. And so they get upset. And that's what happened here with Stephen. Stephen faced this council. He basically told them, just because y'all are Jews, just because y'all are Jewish and y'all are mixed here with some of the Roman people, whatever, just because you think you know the word, if you don't know Christ, you know nothing. And that was a very bold statement back then because these guys had a disposition where they felt like they were better than everyone because of what they knew about God. And here comes a young man who's had an experience with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost leads him to challenge them. And it gets a little, he gets a little testy in his conversation with him. And they ultimately end up destroying this man or killing this man just because of the truth that he was carrying. So let's start this off talking about Stephen. And I'm going to just start with his words. Uh, Acts 7 and 51. He says, ye stiff-necked. And uncircumcised in the heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. So he's talking about the fathers of old that destroyed the prophets. Those that would kill the prophets. The Jews that would attack and destroy the prophets and didn't want to hear God's word. Y'all remember back Ahab and those guys. Those guys were kings over God's people and they destroyed God's prophets. Which of the prophets have your fathers not persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who you have received the law by the disposition of angels, and you have not kept it. So you're bragging about the law and how you received the law, and you have not kept it. So he's making them mad. He says you are stiff-necked and you're uncircumcised. Even though you're circumcised physically, you're not circumcised in the heart or the ears. That's what he told them. Y'all, yeah, y'all are circumcised. Y'all followed the Jewish, the Jewish law, but you didn't circumcise your heart. Your heart hasn't been cut. Your ears haven't been cut. And the reason why I know is because you can't hear me. You resist the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is speaking right now. This is what he's saying. I'm breaking it up. Holy Ghost is speaking right now and you can't hear me. You picking up stones while I'm talking because your ears haven't been cut. It's hard to imagine someone that can get that upset at words. 
especially words coming from somewhere else. These words were coming from God through this man. And people can get that upset. The Bible says in 7 and 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. Oh, so Stephen circumcised the heart. And it didn't feel too good. His words got in there. That's what this is saying. His words registered. The Bible said they were cut to the heart and they got so mad to just start gnashing their teeth. You know that's mad. You just, oh. They started grinding their teeth. They were that upset because this young man told them that they needed the Holy Ghost. That they needed to believe in Christ. Now these are the ones that call for Christ's crucifixion. So they didn't want to hear what Stephen had to say. Because if Stephen is right, they were all wrong. Can I preach in here? 755, but, look at somebody and say, but he. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, this is before they picked up the stones. Before they killed him, heaven prepared a place for him. Well, heaven opened up. You're coming up here, Stephen. Don't look at them. Look up here. And he said, behold, I see heaven's opened. I don't just see heaven's open, but I see Jesus standing on the right hand of God okay now this is the Jesus that they had just killed so if you're saying you see Jesus there that means we're going there listen if you see Jesus the one we killed in heaven that means we're on our way to hell and the Bible said they cried out with a loud voice and did what Stop their ears up. Y'all know we in a time right now where folks stop their ears up at the truth. They hate the truth and they hate the person that's preaching it. And it's not physical stones. It's verbal stones. They cried out with a loud voice, stopped up their ears, and they all ran upon him with one intent to kill him. The Bible said they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. This is Saul of Tarsus, Paul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, do what? Receive my spirit. And he kneeled down. And he cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Mm. Yeah, we here again. It's getting that way. And it's going to get that way. Where the word of God is going to upset people. To this magnitude where they would stop up their ears 
and try to destroy you. Christ is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. This is the reason the offended are attacking the church so vehemently. Because God is coming back with a church without spot or blemish. Now, if you've got a spot or a blemish on a shirt, you put it in the washing machine. And the washing, how does the washing machine clean it? It does what? Agitates it. It beats it vehemently. It takes it through to make sure not just that blemish that you had is clean, but the entire shirt is clean. And in order for God to get us where we need to be for his return, got to agitate us. We have to be agitated. That's what persecution does. It's fire and it purifies. It cleans. That's why we will see the tribulation. Because the tribulation is going to prepare us for his return. Oh, no, no, no. We're not going to have to go through the tribulation. God's going to come get us before that. And you can chill in the cut at that church. I'm telling you the truth. The Bible said those that live godly shall what? Suffer what? Persecution. There shall be tribulation. And we're, we're no better than our brothers and sisters underground in the Sudan and underground in China trying to sneak and hide to read our Bibles or their eyes will be plucked out or their children will be strung up right in front of them and they believe the God you believe in and these guys that wrote the Bible Stephen on down face persecution are we better than them so in order to get this church without spot or blemish that's why, you know, I mean, I, I can't complain. Folks attack me constantly. Folks set up websites about me and just go in. Every move I make, just, it, isn't that something? But I, I can't complain And these brothers back in the day were facing this kind of persecution. But who am I and who are you to say, Lord, stop it in the name of Jesus? It's persecution. This is the reason the offended are attacked or attacking the church so vehemently because Christ is coming back for a clean church without spot or blemish. For some reason, we think we can be close to God and live in sin. And God has to show us you can't do that. Ephesians 5 and 27. That he might present it to himself a what? Glorious church. Not having what? Spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be what? It should be what? Holy and what? Isn't it funny how 20, 30 years ago, the holiness, Holy Ghost, holiness message was being preached all the time? You have to be holy as Christ is holy? I mean, it went so far as to show you how to dress and look. Then when they needed more members, they had to let the guard down a little bit. It's all right. You can go get your tattoo and pierced all up and come on back. You can go pledge in that fraternity of sorority. You can go worship that false god. 
You can listen to that music that's cussing you out and, and the devil's pitchfork comes through your speakers every fourth bar. You know, they've just let the guard down. You can wear that dress that you wore last night at the hoochie bar. You didn't fit it either time. Yeah, you can live like you want to live. You can do what you want to do. Whatever, whatever. So they, they, just, they just totally changed the message for the sake of people. Now we comfortable. And we think we can just live any way, be any kind of way. And Jesus is going to come back and just, oh, he's going to rescue us from the, temp- from the tribulation. No, he's going to use the tribulation to get holiness out of you. He's going to make you holy or you won't be his. Hey, I'm not preaching for hand claps. They, they, they're getting quieter every, every round. And that's okay. He's coming for a glorious church. That's what he wants. So however he needs to get you on your knees, that's how he's going to do it. If you say you're his. Why do you punish your children at home? Do you throw your children out the house when they do something wrong? That's it. It's over. I don't want you no more. You don't do that to your children. No, you just punish them. You punish them so that next time, some of y'all say that, next time, yeah, you put them through some things. You'll ground them so they'll appreciate what it was they lost. I wish I could preach in here. And this is, the, this is where we're going. This is, this is what God has to do because, man, Christians ain't Christians no more. They want to do everything the world does and get away with it. There was once a time when people would respect the church and leadership. But because time is short, any church standing on godly principles is under fire by the enemy. That's what time it is. Look at somebody and say, that's the time it is. That's, that's where we are. If you stand up for the truth, the enemy's coming. 2 Timothy 3 and 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall what? <laughs> There's two things to this that are just, that, that just stick out. One, they that will live how? Godly. So once you make the decision, you know, how, you know what living godly means? Don't mean that, you're gonna ever, that you won't ever make a mistake or anything like that. But living godly means that you're going to live your best to God's standard, right? And living godly also means, this is the one that makes him mad, you're going to do it God's way. You're going to do it God's way. So you're not going to seek fame. You're not going to seek fortune. You're not going to seek to make a name for yourself. You're going to deny all those things. Oh, it's hard for some folks. You're not going to worry about what folks think you have. You're not going to buy things you can't afford so you can show off. You're not going to get on Instagram and floss and show people all that you have so that they can be jelly. You're not going to try to stick it to the people from your hometown. Show them, look at me now. No, none of that. No, you're going to live godly, meaning you're going to esteem everyone else better than yourself. That's godly. You're going to see your faults before you see anyone else's. You're not going to just see your faults. You're going to deal with your faults. Before you remove the moat, you're going to deal with the beam. That's living godly. Then when you do that, they're going to come after you. Then you're going to suffer persecution. Some folks not suffering persecution because they ain't doing nothing. 
devil is like, I ain't mess with them. They, 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 they working out all right. I got them. Those that cannot be trusted by God are the ones that carry no regard for God's people or his chosen leadership. People have just totally forgotten that. Because they, want, they, they, they don't even respect who God chose to lead. That's what Stephen said. He said, y'all killed all of the people that God sent to y'all to speak to y'all. Y'all, y'all didn't just treat them bad. You killed them. Your, your fathers killed them. And now you're about to kill another one. Yeah, no regard. Because they want recompense instead of repentance. They don't want repentance. If Stephen had sat there and said, y'all, I'm sorry if I offended y'all. I'm sorry for what I said. I, I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings or whatever. They would have stoned him anyway. They don't want repentance. They want their lives better. I'm going to kill you because my life is messed up. And the gospel I grew up listening to didn't help me. And the people that carried the name of the gospel hurt me. The people that carried the message hurt me. So you can't make me feel better. I just need you dead. Look at my life. It's the church's fault. Nah, bro. You made decisions just like I did. That's what the Lord is going to tell you when you stand before him. Can I keep going in here? Yeah, that's what it is. They want recompense instead of repentance. So because of that, they become enemies of God without even knowing it. These men that killed Stephen thought they were righteous. We're talking about the chief priests, the leaders. When they killed Jesus, they thought they were righteous. No, we got to kill him because he's saying he's the Messiah and he's not. Because we saw him heal somebody on the Sabbath day. He can't be the one. They killed him in the name of God. They killed Stephen in the name of God. We're doing this for God. John 16 and 2 said, this is what they're going to do in the last days, in the end time. They shall put you out of the church. Try to snatch you out of the church. Jesus said, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God a service. You working for God and ain't nothing you doing lining up with what scripture say. That's what Stephen was trying to tell him. No, what you're doing didn't, don't, is not lining up with what Jesus said. And they're saying, man, we killed Jesus and we about to kill you. They want eye for an eye. I want to forgive their enemies and pray for their enemies. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Are you kidding me? Esteem others higher than myself. I'm trying to be the bomb. Jesus came and upset it all. Their neighbor, if thy neighbor offended thee, go to him in private, just you and him. I'm not doing that. We're going to throw him, cast him out in the street, and we're going to stone him. They killed Jesus because he walked up to the woman and said, and told him all, put your stones up. He that is without sin, cast the first stone. He was changing the game. They didn't, no, no, man, we, we the stoners. <laughs> I got all these rocks. I'm hitting somebody with one of them. Jesus coming saying, no, 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 don't. We're going to forgive her. We're going to give her another chance. We're going to give her a chance to make it right. And they all saying, but do you know how that makes us look? If we pass up an opportunity to look righteous, to look like judges, 
The remnant of God is made up of those that will deny their own passions and desires for what God wants for them. He has to trust you to forsake your personal hurts and feelings for his way. Your personal hates, uh, hurts and feelings, God has to trust you to deny those and go his way. That's the problem. You watched Oprah too much in soap operas. You in your feelings all the time. God can't use you because you're going to base it on how you feel. He can't do it. He can't even steer you because of your feelings. Your feelings are more important to you than someone else's salvation. Luke 9 and 33. Uh, you know, that was the new 23. That was the new age movement. That's what happened. The new age movement. That's what it brought. It brought feelings into it. The way you feel. Instead of what the word says. You know, when we was growing up, the word would just kick our butt. And we just thought that's church as usual. It's time to go to church and cry and get busted up. You ready? You ready to go? You ready to go? This evening's going to end on the altar. I know. Let me wear some knee pads. Let me get, let me get something good for my knees. You have to buy them extra, extra thick uh, hoses, women. Them, them, them thick work stockings. Because I'm going to be on my knees. I, I know. Oh, a guest preacher's coming. He's running revival. Every night is about hell. Every night. Every night is about hell. He's going to wear a long black robe. He's going to look scary. He's going to send us all to hell. You ready to go? I mean, that's what it was. We, because we wanted him to go get it out of us. I don't want to go to hell, so let me go to this revival and get hell taken out of me. I don't even trust my own prayers at home. I need somebody walking the, walking the stage with a low row. I need him swinging them sleeves, the big puffy sleeves. I need a graveyard-sized cross hanging from his neck. I need him to condemn me. I, that's what I need. Maybe I was worse than some of y'all back then. But that's what I need. The javelin cross. You know, it's sharp at the bottom. <laughs> I, I, I need deliverance, Jack. Yeah, we knew church. That's what it was going to be. Now we go to church, man. We get to looking good. We know we're not going to mess our outfit up. All that rouge and eyeliner and eye. You know you ain't crying. Ain't nothing, uh, ain't nothing gonna make me cry today because my, my stuff is popping. I watch the tutorials on YouTube. I got the eyes on fleek. <laughs> but we knew that's what it was about. We didn't play with God like that. He has to trust you to forsake your personal hurts and feelings for his way. You got to be strong enough to allow him to operate on you. Amen. This is a church where you're going to be on the table. We all get on the table at ABC. Amen. We all get the scalpel. Amen. All of us. Look at somebody say all of us. And some folks just can't handle that. They didn't sign up for that. Oh, I thought I was going to come and advance my ministry. Nah, bro, we all just trying to make sure we qualify. Amen. Amen. Got to put us all on the table. I think we have the sit-down rate higher than any other church. I mean, these dudes that work, everybody that's working, secure, whatever, man, you might see them just sitting down. And they do it themselves. Let me sit down. Some stuff I need to work on before I get back up. That's what we do here. 
Luke 9 and 23. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. When? Day. Every day you have to die and follow me. The remnant of believers can be trusted to carry out God's plan. This is what makes them the remnant. In the face of persecution and attacks of the enemy. So God is getting the church together that's going to be able to stand until he gets here. The folks that aren't in the remnant, they're going to fold like lawn chairs. They can't stand. And they're going to feel bad that they can't stand, so they're going to have to poke holes in your stand. Make you look unworthy to stand. That's what people do. They find find something wrong with you so they feel better about what's wrong with them. 2 Corinthians 12 and 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in folks bothering me, reproaches, coming against me, in necessities and in persecution, and in distresses for what? Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then what? It's the only way I'm going to get strong. When God comes to deal with that moment of weakness, that's when he's going to repair you and make you better than you were, and then you'll be strong. Look at somebody say, he's coming for it. We are all about to face the worst persecution you can imagine according to the word. And this will come, ain't coming from the world. It's going to come from rogue religious people that demand justice and blood for their personal deficits and failures. That's who persecuted Jesus. That's who persecuted the church. It was always so-called Christians. The Catholics killed millions upon millions of Christians. Catholic is not Christian. I hope you've learned enough in here. Matthew 24 and 31, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor shall ever be. You know why it's not going to ever be? Because God's going to end it. After, he said in 24, after the tribulation of those days, that's when the end is going to come. That's when you're going to see the son of man like Stephen did. You don't qualify to see him like that unless you go through the tribulation. I'm preaching. That's okay. Amen. Just start taking chairs out. I'm telling you. These kind of messages empty, empty churches. Because folks want it easy. You didn't fell in love with the world. That's what it is. Remember, it was the religious society that conspired with the pagan Romans to have Christ crucified and the church persecuted. It was the church folks that went and joined up with the world to destroy Christ and the believers of that time. John 18 and 35, Pilate, pagan, he answered, am I a Jew? Well, you got Jesus in front of me. I'm not a Jew. Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered him unto me. What has he done? Like, why y'all teaming up against your own and then bringing him to me? Is what he did that bad? No, it just makes us look that bad. So-called Christians today are aligning with sinners, heretics, and those that believe erroneous doctrines to persecute the saints that desire to please God. Yeah. Lining up with the enemy to attack 
believers. They don't care if you're a Hebrew Israelite. They don't care if you're a Satanist. They don't care who you are. If you come on the page and agree with them, see? Dude, that's the devil. You got devils agreeing with you. But as long as it equals likes and views, it don't matter. Have you checked these folks' background? They ain't even Christians. You're going to line up with non-Christians to attack a Christian? 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Because it's just dumb. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What is your point? Look at somebody say, what's your point? If your point is to attack somebody because you want them to do what's right, why would you use somebody doing what's wrong to attack them? What is the point? Should you try to help them all? The persecution will test us to see if we really can be trusted by God. To stand strong and keep peace will prove your trustworthiness. Uh-oh. Yeah. You get that call and your mother-in-law going on and on. Girl, if I was in your house, I'd have cleaned. I'd have, I'd have moved the table over to the right. And then I wouldn't have them ugly curtains. And then I would have got some blinds on that. And I, you, you had your little pen and your paper. See, you writing down what you would like to say. She's on the phone, so she can't read it. So th- that's what you do. You just write down what you would like to say. Jezebel witch. I, and then when she's finished, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just a different day. We just kind of doing things a little different. I understand, you know, and you, you always had good taste. Forgive me, Lord. Did I just lie? But you're keeping peace. When you're able to do that, God considers you trustworthy. I can trust them with more. They've been praying for a blessing, maybe a nicer place to live. Because, that, because you acted like that with the little place you have, I'm going to make things a little better. But if you got to speak your huge, and then get on Facebook and put it on Facebook for everybody to see. You don't call a name. Folks think they know how to decorate houses when they really don't. They house trash. They don't know, but it's trash. But I ain't talking. I ain't going to say nothing. The world what? The world wide. Wait, you went on the work world. And then at night praying, Lord, my life is trash, double trash on top of trash squared. This is the worst life possible. I hate my life. I hate this. Everything I have is trash. Everybody I'm married to is trash. I hate this world. And I hate anybody that's doing anything good. Bah humbug. Yeah, and wonder why. And you done curse somebody on the world wide web and wonder why your life is like it is. But when you can keep that in, no matter how, it starts itching. You start feeling it in your back, don't you? I know, young ladies, your back start itching. Oh, my goodness, this woman is in my neck. But you hold your peace. You understand the position she's coming from. You took her baby. He's 50, but that's still her baby. And in a lot of cases, she raised him single-handedly. 
So you have to understand and put yourself in that position, be empathetic and say, you know what? Okay, I kind of see where she's coming from. So I'm going to handle this. You know, yeah, you know, mom, mom, you know I love you. But you learn how to handle those situations and get along with people. People you can't get along with, just don't go around them. Oh, it, say that again. That's easy. He said that's easy. It's so easy. It's so easy to just not go around them and not engage them. If you know it's going to be an argument, don't talk to them. But the persecution will test us to see if we really can be trusted. To stand strong and keep peace will prove your trustworthiness. God trusts the meek and loving. He know you ain't going to act a fool. He trusts you. Yeah, if you can be meek and loving. We must allow the spirit of God to remain strong in us during times of testing. Luke 6 and 22. Blessed are ye. Oh my gosh. When men shall. Look, look. So he said, blessed are ye. So this is when you're blessed. Blessed are ye when men shall what? Hate you. That's when you're blessed. You want to be blessed? <laughs> Somebody, I changed my mind. You ain't got through one eighth of the scripture. And I, I, I've decided the other way. Yeah, this is when you're blessed. Not when you have money. Money's not in this scripture. That new car. That promotion. That new house. It's not in this scripture. Here's when you're blessed. Blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company. I had to rely on this scripture. I had some folks in my life. They pick up the phone. Brother, I don't want to. No, no, no. I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to be around you no more. Blessed am I. Blessed am blessed. Blessed am I. The Bible said I'm blessed because they separated their company. God said I'm blessed because they did it. Separated. They separated me from their company. Blessed are they when they shall reproach you. Fight against you. Try to stop you. You're blessed. When they cast out your name as evil. Make you look bad. Talk about you. Summary. (laughs) Saints of the most high God are the ones. And God told me to start calling y'all saints. He said, my people are saints. I was like, Lord, that word in 2020. (laughs) Woo! Some of these folk ain't old enough to be saints. (laughs) No, that's what, these are saints. We are saints of the most high. But the Catholics perverted the word so much. My picture's not hanging anywhere. The saint picture. No, we're saints. So saints of the most high God are the ones that can be trusted to carry out God's plan under the, under the most strenuous of circumstances. That's a saint. If you're not a saint now, God's going to make you one in the next coming years, months, really. The more pressure the devil puts on us, the stronger we become. The more accusations and threats we face, the more meek and selfless we become. The more people talk about us and trash our reputation, the more we trust in God and desire his plan for us. Obviously, this is a part of his plan. And he was fully aware of this when he elected us unto himself. Persecution purifies us and strengthens our resolve. It makes us focus on what? 
fixing ourselves <laughs> instead of talking about others. Persecution don't give you time to talk about nobody else. You're going through persecution, you're going to be talking to the Lord and the Lord alone. You don't think he knows that? <laughs> persecution purifies us. Man, the Bible said if they had known what they were doing when they crucified Jesus, they would not have done it. They changed the whole world thinking they were getting rid of him and they made it worse for them. When they persecuted the saints of God in Jerusalem, they ran them out into all four parts of the world and spread the gospel message. They need no social media. They need an internet. They ran them off by persecuting them and spread the gospel all over the world. Persecution purifies us and strengthens our resolve. It makes us focus on fixing ourselves instead of talking about others. It makes us focus on what? Pleasing God instead of trusting man. Once we can be trusted by God with his purpose for us, we can be saints that are pleasing to him. A saint is not a dead believer or a grand Christian. A saint is a remnant member that is trustworthy. God trusts you to go through persecution. A saint is not a dead believer or a grand Christian. A saint is a remnant member that is trustworthy. A saint repents and turns from sin. This is what a saint does. A saint loves his brothers and sisters in Christ and prays for their lives to be what? Good and godly. A saint repairs the breach to bring people to the God of their own salvation. That's what a saint does. A saint's goal is to see people saved and God's order implemented. Even though that order may be painful for them to apply. It's a must because his order pleases him and that's the goal of the remnant saints of God. To please him. Being pleasing to him so that he will be glorified by our lifestyles and behaviors. A saint is not a perfect person, but a saint is a forgiven person that, that what? That God trusts. Matthew 13 and 20. But he that received the seed into stony hearts. The same as he that heareth the word and with joy they receive it. But they don't have a root in themselves. No root. Just a bunch of noise. So they endureth for a while. But then when what? Tribulation and persecution arises because of the word. By and by, they get what? Offended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world. Instagram and Facebook choke the word and he becometh what? Unfruitful. 13 and 23. But he that receiveth seed into what? Good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth it which also beareth fruit, bringeth forth a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Some people thought that was about money because you heard it at offering. They don't have nothing to do with money. Those are souls that you're bringing forth. Hundredfold, sixty, thirty. Everyone stand to your feet. You know, this was the week of God just really approving of me and making me feel like he loved me. He made me, this week God made me feel like he loved me so much because just hundreds of people contacted me this week, just for some reason, just bunches and bunches and bunches, giving me their testimony. And then I was able Wednesday night to preach a message to the fathers, I mean, to the men, daddy issues. 
and deal with that. And then after that, all, most of the men that came to that ended up calling their fathers and just spreading it. And so all these fathers are contacting me and the ministry and just saying how, man, it's just the spirit of Elijah turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the children. And then one guy called him. He's like, man, I know the devil hates you. Hates what you are doing. Has to. Because what you're doing is you're repairing the breach between the fathers and the sons, which strengthens the home, which strengthens the believer, which prepares the believer for Jesus's return. That's what's happening. Amen. And I tell him, I say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very misunderstood. I've been misunderstood since I started. It just comes with the territory because of what I have to cover. It just makes folks so upset. Because it points a lot of fingers, and they think it's me pointing the finger, when it's actually the word that's pointing the finger and trying to show you yourself so you'll make changes. And they have me all wrong. When the word shows me myself, guess what I do? I make changes. Amen. You think I want to preach to all y'all and then I miss it? Forget (laughs) y'all. And I mean that in a loving way. (laughs) I'm not trying to keep score. And then hand the scorecard to the Lord. Look. No, no. I'm handing my hand to the Lord. Receive me. Amen. I want to be chosen. I hope we all go. But if there's only one seat. (laughs) Hide then. (laughs) I want to make it in. Amen. And I want him pleased with me. So I go through persecution. I'll go through it. And you got to go through it. And we'll go through tribulation. And we'll hold hands and we'll just march. Believe in God. Because I want to go back with him. Amen. Everyone bow your heads. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you for this message, God. Soundness and truth. We just thank you. Thank you for speaking to us in this place today. Thank you, Father God, for getting us second coming ready by preparing our hearts so we won't be hard-hearted and stiff-necked like those that killed Stephen. You'll be able to speak to us and we'll adhere to it. You'll be able to reach us and we won't be so stuck in our ways that we miss it. God, help us, Lord. Be prepared. Agitate us where we need to be agitated. Whatever you need to do to clean those spots and those blemishes and get them out of our lives, Lord, let it be so, so we can be prepared for your coming. And just like you, we are that important to you, you are important to us. Help us value you more, God, and your importance. Help us, Father, to wake up and talk to you in the morning and Plan our day around what you're saying. Plan our day around your will. Help us, God, to put you back where you belong so that we can live holy lives that are pleasing unto you. And you will be pleased with us when you return for us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com. 